0: But um, she's of the downstairs, he's of the upstairs. Mm -hmm. And he says, who's that? And then we cut to a typewriter. And it types out the words, the detectives. (laughs) In much clearer uh, quality than everything else. Because I've gotten to the first commercial break on Pluto TV. (laughs)
1: Welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I'm joined today by the Catman himself, Brendan. Brendan, welcome back to the show.
0: The Catman?
1: Catman. You oh. were on the Cats episode.
0: I was the, on the Cats episode.
1: The Catman. I thought you were
0: going to call me the Con Man. I, I mean want to get this man. out of the way <laughs> up top, because I did make a note about it. <laughs> to all you Conheads out there, I have since watched the television show Succession, <laughs> in which... Uh, The character of Roy runs for office and his fans call themselves Conheads, and maybe I don't agree with everything that Roy says. Um, So I would like to formally redact that, and uh, maybe throughout this episode we can find a new name for my loyal, loyal following.
1: Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Conhead is out, and we will have to workshop something new. And I do have to ask you the question here that I ask at the top of every episode. Why do we watch Metropolis?
0: well there's a strike going on uh-huh. and i wanted to be a little clever and uh instead of finding current or more modern work that's um outside of the jurisdiction but that's you know that's not struck work mm-hmm. i thought oh well why don't i go back in time and my original pitch was uh to watch a bunch of lumiere brothers uh <laughs> shorts but i couldn't find a good enough collection And then my second one, I was like, what's old movies? And then I thought Metropolis.
1: (laughs) It's a funky German Mm sci-fi pro worker, sorta. 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 (laughs) It's very middle road, but I guess we'll get into it. Uh, My first note for this movie is, oh boy, German. (laughs) It's a silent movie, so no one was speaking, but there is some writing in it. Um, I also really love the Cinepast logo music that they had that popped up. We this want- <laughs> is
0: going to become crucial <laughs> immediately. Let me Well, let me get to the other reason why I chose specifically yes, Metropolis, please. why it came up to my mind. I'm a man, if this is surprising to you or any of our listeners who listens to a lot of Leonard Bernstein on Spotify, and often I'll get the score to this movie on, like, my suggested, or, like, it'll come up in a mix. Uh And I was... And I every time the score comes up, I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to that. Let me watch Metropolis before I... So I can get it in context so I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And let me pull it up here. The score was written by a man named Gottfried Huppertz. And he wrote the original score to the film. It was only performed once fully live with an orchestra at the uh, premiere of the film. uh, But it was crucial to the production itself. Uh, He would, like play the tunes and like themes that he had written for uh the film to fritz lang while he was like working on a scene and it would help inform his Mm. decisions there's no easy way to say this we watched a terrible version of this movie (laughs) (laughs) there's like 10 different versions of this movie we watched a bad one that did not have this score
1: We watched the free version on Pluto TV. Pluto TV (laughs) with commercials. With
0: commercials, which I would love to get into.
1: Every time they, it felt like they spaced them so that they were more frequent in the last thirty minutes of the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the first like first forty five minutes go by, not a single commercial. I think, wow, is this one really like commercial free? And then they start to ramp up every passing like twenty minute (laughs) increment, and then it's ten minute increments, and then it's every like three minutes. And I'm like, I just want to watch the end of this movie.
0: (laughs) But I do just, uh, last note on the score. Because um, they also, I, uh, they do this a lot with like older releases mm-hmm. of old work. Like I've watched a lot of like uh, collections of Charlie Chaplin movies in the old, uh, in the, I was about to say the old days, but I mean middle school. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin famously wrote uh, the scores is to his like movies, like piano roll style, and then back in the 50s went back and scored over uh, his more major works. Uh, but a lot of that was forgotten, so they would just play like the same five songs on loop, and they would not match uh, the action of what was going on even a little bit, and that is what's going on in this movie. <laughs> also, I think there's some, like, I wouldn't be able to identify it, like, famous songs from operas.
1: That... Some of it sounded very familiar, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's from Metropolis, or is this just from, is this copying something else here mm-hmm. that I have just not musically adroit enough to recognize? <laughs> Uh, but the film is going to spell things out for us pretty clearly. This is a thing. I was, I'd watched this film previously in college, and I remember it being a thing of, like, it's very thought-provoking. You know, we're, I watched this in a class about monsters in a robot unit, which is a crazy liberal arts college thing to say for someone who went to <laughs> a pretty standard university. But, like, <laughs> you know, we got into a lot of the morals and messages of it. And I completely forgot that there's just a title card that tells you exactly what this movie is about at the very, very beginning. <laughs> I got so
0: scared immediately. Folks, I did very little research. But the, th- the things I have brought on, mm-hmm. with the exception of Annette, she's making a face, folks. It
1: depends on what you're about to say next.
0: <laughs> are not smart people movies.
1: <laughs> In your defense, Cats was selected by our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Mm-hmm
0: uh ooh no <laughs> i feel bad <laughs> you didn't choose it because it was a smart people movie <laughs> but i was afraid that metropolis was going to be a smart people movie and i wasn't ready to think about that mm-hmm. and then uh immediately they do on the first title card spell out the moral of the story it's like oh thank god
1: yeah they tell us that uh this film is first of all it's not of today or tomorrow it's just sort of neutrally placed in time for us to learn a moral lesson
0: this movie does place place pardon me take place in 2026 though Really? Yeah. Coming up. <laughs> after Blade Runner. No, yeah. before Blade Runner. After the first Blade Runner. <laughs> in between Blade Runners. Uh-huh. After Soylent Green.
1: <laughs> These are all the things the world has seen by the time they get the lesson. The mediator between brain and hand must be the heart. I think it's literally says brain and muscle must be the heart or something. Of but the then at line. the end,
0: the line is muscle is hand is and hand.
1: heart. The whole movie, it's hand and mm-hmm. not muscle. But, you know, it's the same effect, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're going to find someone to be that mediator, folks. Buckle up. Message gives way to titles. Blurry, blurry titles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's... Rough, folks. There's also a title... Like, the second or third title card is real zoomed in. Oh, yeah, because there is, like, a... I don't know if it's a Bible verse or it wants to sound like a Bible Mm -hmm. verse, but it goes backwards. I don't know if that's right. There's, (laughs) like, as below, so above, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: But that was zoomed in. A lot of this movie was.
1: And, again, that may have just been the Pluto TV variant that we were watching, but this is a movie from 1927, so... Mm. uh, some technological advancement and also restoration efforts have been made <laughs> i can't fault pluto tv for having the freest version possible <laughs> they owe so
0: much to pluto tv we owe
1: so when the pluto tv channel came on at the end of this movie it felt complete we'll get to it that that feels like part of the plot like we have to wait to really dive in
0: Sophia and <laughs> all of your listeners right now go on pluto.tv <laughs> there are apps available on like roku and like the fire stick and all Currently, at the moment, right now, I forgot to text you about this earlier today, there is a Totally Turtles channel, and they play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons 24-7. Why
1: are we talking about Metropolis? I <laughs> could be talking about the turtles! The turtles
0: are struck work! Damn it! I'm no scab! <laughs> Damn
1: it! All right, I'm not back grunt. to the Germans. <laughs> we get the titles, Far Away From Them, High in the Heavens, the Sun, Life... As light beams, I assume they had to have been crisscrossed to reveal tall buildings, uh, mechanical pistons pumping images of various machines at work, crossfading to create this whole image of the machine room utopia powering everything. Um, that was real
0: disappointing because uh, pretty early on they're like, "Oh, something happened in my machine room," and you think they'd have a cooler thing to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have to wonder if like the German was. Oh, cool. if it's like machine. they got some funky words in German.
0: But in German, they can just combine words. So maybe sure. machine word, a machine room, is a cooler. <laughs> Speaking of German words, we got off of this for a second. Uh, and I, I meant to, um, I meant to bring this up a second ago when I was talking about the score. This is my last note on the score. This is a little challenge for Sophia. <laughs> um, this is from the Wikipedia article. Uh huh. The full score was not recorded until 2001 for the film's comprehensive restoration. With Bernd Heller conducting that, and then Sophia, could you say that part in blue right now? Can
1: you point to it on your This little... one? <laughs> Ooh. Run funks in Fone orchestra, Saarbrücken. Nice. Thank you. I don't speak German. I don't know why. You... <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um... I like I do like the model making and the Oh, sets the miniatures they have. are. Like the excellent. miniatures in this movie are fantastic. As mm. much as we maybe made fun of a little bit the uh, mm. title quality card quality. The miniatures in this movie even in blurrier form hold up incredibly well and look gorgeous. Like oh. you can see why it inspired like the Blade Runner tall building look, mm. the Batman tall building look. The... <laughs> <laughs> Sci-fi loves a tall building. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They like it when you can't see the ground, but you just know it has to be there, right? It has to be there, right?
0: <laughs> and the Germans love brutalism.
1: <laughs> it's true. It works here. For such a utopic place to have such brutalist architecture be so unfriendly, ah, even to those who live there, ah, that's a conclusion I would write in one of the college papers on this movie I was supposed to have watched in college.
0: Were you supposed to, or did <laughs> you watch it?
1: <laughs> I watched clips. <laughs> the clock strikes ten. The clock. The clock strikes
0: <laughs> ten. <laughs>
1: the clock only goes one to ten. <laughs>
0: That goes 1 to 10, but later on, like, I think we see, um, uh, we'll, we'll meet him in a little bit. Um, John Freiderson, uh-huh. he's wearing a watch that goes 1 to 12. <laughs> so I don't know if the above world and the below world are on different are times.
1: Different, is it just that it's like a 10 hour shift and they just have, it's Oh, every, you
0: know what? I think it is. Cause. It's
1: just meant to mark the time of the shift. At one point,
0: a character says 10 hours is torture. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: Or, or someone did not check the watch sci-fi. in production design.
0: It's so teensy tiny.
1: <laughs> it was going to be so blurry anyway.
0: That w- that shot, crystal clear. <laughs> I can count to 12.
1: <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the clock strikes 10 and the day shift begins. Uh, we get these globs of men lining up, moving in sync, entering a gated building as their exact matching counterparts exit, all moving slowly as one, the drudgery of working at a job. Um... Some of the men take a lift down into the darkness to the quote-unquote worker city far below the surface of the earth.
0: I think we can all agree, elevator man, cushiest job there is in That's- Metropolis. Are you
1: kidding? You just gotta sit there all day, do a little up, do a little down. It's not like it's a pulley, it's like a full button. You just <laughs> press your little button, you go up, you go down. You got it made! <laughs> do you think that is a job that a worker who lives in the underground worker city has, or that someone who lives in the above-ground Metropolis has? Because People who live above-ground still seem to have jobs, it just is like... Bureaucrats.
0: Do you think it's a Brave New World situation? Mm, interesting. Because like the deltas were elevator operators, but they were also the lowest. But yeah. maybe the um, the workers would be betas. She's shrugging, folks.
1: You're challenging my knowledge of Brave New World.
0: <laughs> In high school, we went to high school together. Yes. In high school, Sophia worked on several. You were on two projects. of uh, There's one teacher who would make you do Brave New
1: World. Brave New the World, musical. the
0: musical. And you were you worked on two versions. You were I did in two the projects. tech
1: crew for two classes because we were on we, we performed them all on the same day over the course of like two periods of class periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, well, I'll, I already know how the curtains work in the auditorium, <laughs> so I'll do that. And then I have to have one spoken line of dialogue in one of them, uh, but I didn't do any of the writing or performing really.
0: <laughs> but you watched the whole thing. I did.
1: I watched uh, former guest on the podcast Will Will Rap who played uh, John
0: the Savage. <laughs> John
1: the Savage. Rep- Did wrap up, like, high school English parody of uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s Hypnotized. Woof. (laughs) But now that we put Will on blast... uh...
0: (laughs) This won't be the... This will not be the last time.
1: Will? Um, Yeah, we're going to fade to black, and we get more title cards uh, describing high above a pleasure garden for the sons and the masters of Metropolis, name of the city. It's like Xanadu up there. You do like Xanadu.
0: I mean, from the poem... (laughs)
1: we see a carefree pair frolicking in the uh, around a fountain in a garden uh the woman who is unimportant calling to her companion who is named Frieder, uh and the two continue to dance around the fountain doing their little ha ha has and he he he's
0: there's only the one title card where she says Frieder. yeah and they're talking throughout this scene and it's that happens a lot in silent movies Mm -hmm. and it's so funny to me that like somebody in post or the director like Fritz Lang over the uh, over the shoulder of the editor was like, "I'm not gonna write all that out. <laughs> she doesn't
1: care. need a name. <laughs> she will literally never see her again. Uh.
0: They're um, and they're like, it seems like lovers. yeah, I don't right? know if they kiss. they kiss Oh, they kiss Or
1: they get like incredibly close to it and then at the last minute they're interrupted by mm-hmm. the inciting incident. but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they they seem to be involved. Mm-hmm. one could say.
0: And, but she's in no other scenes.
1: No, not even a little bit.
0: And they so they, uh, they're they interrupted by, a, a, in another version, there would be a music cue. <laughs> but he just very dramatically looks up and toured toward a door. Toured a door.
1: Towards a door. He looks
0: towards the door. And they're in like a sort of yeah, it's like the, it's a pleasure garden, uh-huh. and uh, uh, there's a peacock sort of walking around, yes. and the peacock is the only thing in the first door shot, and it looks like he's having an affair on the peacock, and he's like, oh, ah, <laughs> no.
1: The peacock is a paid actor. Like that, that peacock got his day on set. It has more screen time than many of the extras in this movie. <laughs> but we have to establish the Garden of Eden of it all. There's a lot of religious imagery in this movie. Mm-hmm. The garden of even Eden of it, it all—the innocence, the temptation, temptation. Uh, um, the
0: destruction, the casting out.
1: Yes, uh, and casting in the nudity, is...
0: <laughs> the brief nudity. Not
1: yet. Uh, <laughs> I have so much to say about <laughs> that scene. <laughs> uh, entering the garden. Surrounded by just children, as far as the eye can see, the
0: scrappiest Dickensianest children <laughs> you've ever seen in your life.
1: Everyone's got one of those little hats, mm-hmm. little paperboy caps. All of them have little. So dusty did to spots. hell. <laughs> uh, is it another different woman? Who I believe is Maria. That's Maria. Yeah. Yeah. It's Maria. I wasn't super sure because you don't see her again for a while.
0: You don't see her again for a while, and she does not look blonde in the next scene.
1: Oh. But this is Maria, who is going to be another named character in this movie. Mm -hmm. One of five. The carefree folks in the garden all stare as she raises her arms and declares, look, these are your brothers to the children and like shows them the other people.
0: And immediately they're escorted out very simple. Well, at first, well, this is, this is crucial. (laughs) Freder looks up and he says they have eye contact, he and Maria. There's a, there's a strong Mm -hmm. connection there. And um, it's also clear, so that you know, there's an upstairs, downstairs sort of <laughs> divide. You know, yeah. upstairs, downstairs. The BBC show my parents watched. It's a real downnavy sort of deal. But um, she, she's of the downstairs. He's of the upstairs. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Who's that?" And then we cut to a typewriter, and it types out the words, "The detectives," in <laughs> much clearer. Uh, uh, quality than everything else. Because I've gotten to the first commercial break on Pluto TV. (laughs) (laughs) How many times did you see the John Kennedy dealership ad?
1: So many times. It's
0: two... They're detectives, I guess. John Kennedy, it's a local ad. Not everyone's going to get it. Mm -hmm. We're from the general Philadelphia area. But they're, they're investigating their own dealership. At one point, one of the things they... They really highlight the spacious customer lounge... They're flashlighting around.
1: We're hanging out at the dealership. I've seen this six
0: or seven times in the last three hours.
1: (laughs) Both of us did watch Metropolis on Pluto TV today. Separately. Yes.
0: I had work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is work. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) But yes, a man eventually does direct Maria and the children out. I'm not... (laughs) Oh, is there more on the John F.
0: Kennedy? Do you remember the joke... In the John F. Kennedy commercial, <laughs> it's two detectives, an old one and a young one,
1: uh-huh.
0: and uh, the old one says to the young one, "Maybe you should get your, maybe you should go here to get your engine checked. When's the last time your tire, you rotated your tires? Do you remember the punchline?" I don't. He said they rotated all the way over here, <laughs> and then the main guy gives a big look to the camera that is clearly like zoomed in from like digitally zoomed in. It's of a lesser quality. It kind of motions, you, or it would motion you back into the poor quality of this film were it not for a macy's ad and i just want to bring this up the big tagline of the macy's ad was fashion is what you buy style is what you own huh right that's nothing that's nothing that's That's less than nothing
1: (laughs) you get more from metropolis where you can tell just from his expression that frieder is deeply affected by the woman and children that he has just seen and he walks as though in a trance towards the door asking who was that and is told that she's just the daughter of a worker. Also, the peacock is back at this point. Frieder gives chase through the doors and the screen goes black as we get another title card. The great machines, far underground, yet high above the worker city. We're entering the machine room, as it is known in English.
0: I'm not in the lawn. <laughs> I'm into it.
1: Frieder wanders through the machine factory floor as workers attend to their tasks among the towering machines. I'm going to say machine a lot in this episode. Uh, Frieder's marveling at the precision with which the men are doing their work. And it is a very cool set piece of like.
0: Oh, it's huge fantastic.
1: Wall machine. Everyone is moving. Uh, the
0: production design in this film is unmatched. Fanta-
1: unmatched, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. It's like everyone is moving mechanically, is the best way I can describe it, of just like sharp, sudden movements mm. almost in time. Like some of them are out of sync with each other, but they're <clears> always in time with some sort of uh, rhythm internally. And it's just like it looks very. Mm-hmm. Man in the machine, man in the machine, as man it were. is the machine man
0: do you remember a couple of, we were children uh there was a commercial it was for a game. I forget what the game was called, but it was like a card game that had just like it was it it was a phrase, but it was like spelled weird, and like the letters were spaced out differently. Huh. and I remember this so clearly that one of the cards the answer was, "I'm a love machine,
1: uh-huh. and they were
0: like doing like a man in the street quote unquote. Um, But he was reading the card and he went, I'm mole of machine. I'm mole of machine. I'm a love machine. I'm a love machine. machine." And then they cut back to him and he goes, love machine. Mm." Like that's a song.
1: So how many of your notes like by volume do you think are about commercials slightly related to Metropolis?
0: (laughs) That was off the dome. (laughs) You said machine enough.
1: And I'm going to say it more. Uh, one of the workers is monitoring a temperature gauge, which starts to climb higher than it should, to his immediate dismay. And as it approaches what would be a red zone in a not black and white movie, it, folks,
0: it's approaching thirty.
1: <laughs> is that Celsius?
0: It's thirty. They don't have time down here.
1: They don't have hours and minutes. We're
0: talking about thirty. The bar is reaching thirty. In film terms, the booby is on her way to the booby house.
1: <laughs> what a callback. Beach blanket bingo episode up in here.
0: <laughs> Since that recording, Sophia has seen so many more beach party movies. Like
1: three more. Also, all of them with you. Yeah. <laughs> in like twenty-four hours.
0: You don't just watch them independently. I was also just looking at how um, uh, in depth your notes are. I was reminded, folks, before we did... so when we did the cats episode. Yeah. I always treat every episode like it's a behind the music. I don't <laughs> This is interesting to anybody else. We had seen the film Cats together when it came out.
1: Yes, in theaters.
0: And then I said, hey, wouldn't it be fun before we record if we were like, watch the movie together right before and then we'll record. And I took my notes then as the movie was rolling. Mm -hmm. And I thought Sophia was also taking her notes then. Mm -hmm. Months and months and months later, she revealed to me (laughs) that she had to watch Cats a secret third time. (laughs)
1: I always do, to take the notes. The only episode I have not <clears throat> taken, watched the movie separate from the guest to take notes was the Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement episode because of time constraints. I
0: want that treatment!
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... As the temperature rises, both in the podcast recording uh, desk area and on screen, uh, Frieder watches as the man becomes more panicked and the temperature climbs until it hits the red and the whole machine goes up in smoke, men fleeing for their lives with limited success. Dummies
0: are flung about (laughs) liberally.
1: Yeah. You get a shot.
0: The shot is up the entire machine, seemingly. And even then, just from the heavens above, just... (laughs) Cast, throw it into it. Men on wires who do little bounce when they land.
1: <laughs> Good. As they should. Mm-hmm. Might not get over the top with it. You only got so many action set pieces in this movie. Uh, Frieder shouts Malach, which I did stop to Google what that was. but okay. I did, couldn't tell if they had just not translated a title from German or if it was mm-hmm. something. And it's like the devil in the machine. Yeah. Well, he
0: has... I think he says that when he has the vision.
1: Yes. This He shouts it and then it cuts back to the wide shot of the machine and now it has it's got there's no other way to describe it it looks like in the movie robots when they go to the underground area and the lady's like big evil face is also the furnace it looks exactly like that um but basically the machine has turned to look like the mouth uh like a hell mouth a gate like to hell of sorts and uh, all the workers are getting dragged in by a bunch of little demony looking guys i love
0: those guys their hands are just straight up yeah and then straight out <laughs>
1: Uh, the first group of workers all seem to be, like, really struggling against it, and then it's just groups of workers marching the same way they were when they were coming on and mm. off of their shifts. Uh, and That's... this is the reference point that he has in his little vision of mm. the machine uh, that I had to Google because, again, I didn't know the word Malak before this podcast.
0: And once again, I got to talk about the score.
1: It sounds like I I
0: I, I can't... It, what I wrote is it sounds like Alfalfa and Porky had a falling out. Like it's sort of morose, but in like a wah, 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 wah kind of way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool scene. I thought that this was the level we were going to be operating on of like over the top imagery for the rest of the film mm. for a while, and that's very much kind of not. Well, there
0: are a couple. Frieder does have um, a couple moments of insanity. Dream sequence. It's very yeah. German expressionistic. They love using that, for lack of a better term, sort of kaleidoscope uh, <laughs> camera shot. love I, it. There are a couple times in this movie where that is used quite effectively. Oh yeah. We'll get to it. Um, we'll get to it later. But it's there's some very impressive tricks of the camera here.
1: Freddy regains his mind, and the vision fades, and he sees uh, new workers rushing to get the dead and injured out, just as more appear to continue running the machine. It's back to business as usual, despite all of the death and destruction.
0: When you see the bodies being uh, taken out, it's a it's a beautiful shot, very mm-hmm. striking. How many times have I said striking? <laughs> It's on the mind. I didn't go to film school. <laughs> I don't know movie words. But you see, they're, they're in the foreground, but they're uh, the silhouettes of people carrying out on stretchers, mm-hmm. these bodies. And Frieder in the background is wearing the most fancy boy pants. is <laughs> the yeah. first time you get a full body shot of Frieder. He's
1: got like equestrian pants on this whole movie.
0: He's got They've the got, Cecil like, build. He's got the Cecil. Uh, yeah, they got the like, hip
1: flare. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's a little poof on the side. It's not the bustle. It's the hip. There <laughs>
0: <laughs> There is one other man who I can say with confidence famously wore those pants. I'm not going to say his name to bring it down, but this movie was made during the Weimar Republic. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Frieda rushes out to the street and jumps in a cab demanding to be taken to his father and they drive. And him. they know
0: exactly where he's going.
1: <laughs> his father's a very important, famous man. I assume people know who he is. Everyone seems to recognize him immediately on site, mm-hmm. uh, unless he has a silly little disguise on. <laughs> But in his normal poofy pants, on (laughs) site. But they drive through the futuristic city again. Incredible model work. Just like the bridge with the cars going over it. Mm -hmm. Just look like that low angle looking up. It's like, ah. And there's ah." uh,
0: model airplanes going throughout the city.
1: Yeah. This is, I
0: I recommend, there's a version of this film called The Complete Metropolis. I watched an advertisement for it. (laughs) Towards the end of this, I paused this and I was like, it's better, right? There's a, there's a better <laughs> way, right? And, um, but I believe, uh, yeah, it's either called the uh, Complete Metropolis or the Kino uh, Restoration, people would refer to it as. But this is one of the shots that they highlight. highlight, Highlighted. Yeah. High-did-I-did. You got it. In the trailer. <laughs> and I saw it and I was like,
1: damn it, that looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I will not watch the free version on Pluto TV. Um... In a high office, Frieder's father is pacing, deep in thought, overlooking the city, and we learn that he is John Friederson, the master of Metropolis.
0: But he is the father. He's Frieder father.
1: He's Frieder father. He's not son. I did call him John in my notes from this point forward. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> there was what I was like, there could either be two Frieders, or there could be one John, and I feel like I've made the correct choice in terms of note-taking.
0: That's smart, because you don't want to get people confused, because there's... I mean, I'm glad we got this one out of the way. There's no other times where it's confusing which person is in the scene or what exactly you're looking at for the rest of the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I just said. <laughs> uh, glad Jim- we're on the same
1: page. <laughs> you got it. Just then Frieder rushes in, calling to his father, but he's slowed by a uh, hand emotion from his father who does a very dramatic, like, chill out wave. Just like silences him with a, a, a mo- motion.
0: And this is a silent movie already. So it's oh, impressive.
1: Right. Yeah. I think John Friederson has some of the best like physical acting in terms of his scenes. Sometimes he does just do one pose for a while. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. He does a nice Napoleon towards the end of the scene.
1: Yeah. Get a little hand in the shirt action. Hand in
0: the shirt. What do you think Napoleon was doing in there? Do you think he had a little itch?
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: We gotta see the... Oops, Struck work. Never mind. (laughs) I won't say another word.
1: One of the other suits in the room talks to Frieder, who anxiously relays what he's experienced before breaking down in tears. His father, seeing his son's animated descriptions, declares that such accidents are unavoidable and tries to talk his son down, finally acknowledging him in the room. But as his son continues to struggle with the accident and all that he's seen, his father just walks over to his employee, who was previously comforting Frieder, to ask... Why his son was allowed to go into the machine rooms at all the employee exits. And his father asks Frieder why he went down there. And Frieder responds, I wanted to see what my brothers looked like. Referencing Maria's description of, look, these are your brothers to all the kids earlier. Which is
0: weird, because he's already yeah. seen his brothers.
1: Yeah. There seems to be no nothing stopping you from walking into the machine room. Up or down. You can go anywhere in the city. It's a utopia. It's, it's a metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> John dismisses his employees and continues to listen as his son tries to express what he's feeling and what he saw, keeping a stiff upper lip as Frieder reels. Frieder tells his father it was their hands that built this city of ours, but where do the hands belong in your scheme? This is the point where they stop referring to them as the muscle and instead <laughs> as the hands. And this metaphor will continue throughout the rest of the film. We just
0: say immediately. Yes. The second time.
1: Yes. We get more shots of the city and all of its towering brilliance. Uh, And his father responds that they belong in their proper place, the depths. We see the workers descending once more on their little elevator. And again, the little elevator man getting his little moment. (laughs) Uh, And Frieder's demeanor changes as he asks his father, what will you do if they turn against you someday? And his father now invested in this conversation... (laughs) Uh, just sort of chuckles to himself until a glowing light uh, attracts his attention and he goes to check on the little switchboard light that goes beep beep.
0: It feels like one of the bells in Downton Abbey.
1: It does. It says it's,
0: very, it's, it's
1: upstairs, downstairs. It's upstairs, downstairs. That's the, the one thing you can say about this movie is it's upstairs, downstairs. Um, you can't say
0: that about every movie.
1: But this one, 100%. It's I was going like, to start naming movies, but I don't want about that verticality. <laughs> Uh, the curtains in the room close, shunting them into darkness and shutting them off from the city as John's employee I, I, re-enters. I'm
0: sorry, I do have to correct you. I, 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 the lighting did not change you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did make a note of it. It's like bright white what they're telling you outside is like.
1: Theoretical darkness. Mm-hmm. John's employee re-enters, announcing the foreman from the central dynamo room is here with an urgent message. Brut. I called him Foreman in my notes, but apparently he does have a name. Was he named in the movie, or is this like a credits thing?
0: This is a Wikipedia thing. The assistant's name was Josephot. the, the yeah. guy who was talking to uh, John yes. a moment ago. He, he'll come back. Translated he,
1: like, as Joseph.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, he is Grot.
1: Good for Grot.
0: Grot's a good man.
1: Yeah. He seems like, he's like the one dude I'm like, you're a solid dude.
0: He's the most recognized, well, I don't like this business. Actually, I don't. I don't love Grant immediately. (laughs) But he grows on you.
1: Yeah. He's got something going on. Mm -hmm. John nods and the foreman enters the room and he's like, Oh, I found more of these plans. And hands him a paper with indecipherable drawings on
0: it. He says plans and they look like... I thought it was going to be like, Oh, he's building the machines. He's actually the brain. Yeah. But then in the corner you can see there's a compass rose. So it's (laughs)
1: more like a map. It's a map. The foreman explains that these were found on two of the men who were killed today, and John turns to his employee, Joseph, or just...
0: Josephette.
1: Josephette. uh, And asks, why was it not you who brought me these plans? And he sort of just nervously stares until John fires him. (laughs) Josephette leaves, and Frieder is confused and distressed by his father's actions, asking, why, you know, don't you realize what it means to be dismissed by you? And we never really find out what that is other than disgrace. Maybe he's got to be a worker Oh, I guess
0: he was fired. And then, yeah, when we see him later, I guess I thought he was in disguise. But yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, I guess he's he's, he's downstairs. He's downstairs now.
1: Mm -hmm. Seeing his reaction, Frieder understands that his father does know what happens and chose to fire the man anyway and becomes afraid of his own father running out of the room himself. Frieder uh, really loves throwing himself out of doors. Just some violent flings into and through doorway. He's it's very
0: I, I have a note on it later, but um he's I mean he's really nailing the expressionistic acting style. Yeah. Um it it, it wouldn't work any other way. Also, my dude looks insane.
1: Crazy. Very
0: like super powdered face, dark dark lipstick. Not over his entire lips. Old,
1: but thin eyebrows.
0: He's like what you would imagine someone playing Hamlet, like in the original production of Hamlet. Yeah. He also looks just about as old as his father.
1: Yeah. And
0: this takes to us to our second commercial break. <laughs> this one, this is Tito's vodka.
1: Interesting. Which I didn't get that one.
0: Closer to a top shelf vodka. Mm-hmm. This was their tagline. They had two commercials. One was like, a Tito's. We really like dogs. And then there's a video of these preppy, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, narc looking dogs. <laughs> it's like a poodle in sunglasses. That's like obviously like somebody at the office's dog. Um, but, and then they're like, just about as much as we like making Tito's vodka. But the other one, their tagline was, just because it looks like vodka doesn't mean it tastes like Tito's.
1: And that's advertising for Tito's. That's
0: for Tito's. That's, this is equal to uh, fashion is what you own, style what you, whatever it is. And also, if you are going to watch it on Pluto TV, you have to be aware, because this is going to be half the commercials, sometimes they'll show a sort of, like, picture-in-picture. Picture. <laughs> on the right side of the screen, they'll have a commercial. And on the left side of the screen, they'll have minor league baseball.
1: I was getting a lot of football soccer. I was getting a
0: lot of football, yes. Football. <laughs> and I, I got another fun one later.
1: Okay, good. Save it for the next commercial break.
0: Mm. Uh, but uh, Frieder, yes, chases Joseph out.
1: He chases out, uh outside where Joseph seems to be contemplating something. I couldn't tell if they were on a roof or not. It's sort of hard to get a sense of scale. <laughs> this is
0: a problem with the ups and downs, though, too, is sometimes... You'll see someone going upstairs, and then they'll cut, and there will be a lower level than they used to be, or vice versa.
1: Yeah. it's The sets were not vertical. No. But they're implied to be. Mm. It's a little trick of the design. Mm. It does not always work.
0: And I, you said he was contemplating something. Uh, my man had a pistol in his jacket <laughs> My man had a little gun in his jacket pocket the whole time, which does disappear in between shots. <laughs>
1: um, but Frieder catches up to him before he can act on anything. Uh, and he's like, stop. We're having a little conversation. Calm yourself down. And also you need my help. So now they're buds and he has got Joseph working for him. Um, that's neat. To what end? Maybe we'll find out.
0: We do not see him for like another hour and no, a half. No, he's right.
1: also similar to the woman from the beginning, Maria. He does sort of just disappear from the movie. And then I moment. had
0: to look it up that it was him later.
1: Yeah, he showed up. I'm like, is that his dad? Is that Joseph? Is that a different <laughs> third guy? Who is this man? Frayder. Frayder. Come, get your, come man. get your mans. Come upstairs, come downstairs, Fredor. come get your
0: mans.
1: Frayder, you lost your mans. You lost your buddy. He lost your
0: guy. If you go to the downstairs, you've got to have a buddy with you.
1: It's the rule, the buddy system.
0: This is Freighter's big problem. He never has a buddy. When they're walking at one point, they're going to be downstairs, walking two and two. And somebody has to, like, push Freighter next to somebody.
1: He wasn't obeying the buddy system. Uh, later. <laughs> it's kind of the real
0: moral of are the, uh, the the brain and the hand not buddies? They just need someone to. Would you not say, When we'll get to it, the last shot of this movie does not fully <laughs> encompass sort of. the idea of the buddy system?
1: All right, so I know the movie told us the moral message at the beginning, but audience, I want you to put a little pin on the idea of the buddy system because that might be actually the sleeper hit message of this film. This is the new theory that we're proposing is the actual meaning of the movie Metropolis. <laughs> I
0: do other guests on your podcast um and I think I've asked this on your podcast before like preamble themselves so hard or reference past things as much
1: occasionally. My dad has a running bit where he's trying to be the person who guests the most frequently. Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lou. <laughs> uh but no, he he's in competition to be the most frequent guest and he is not winning. Uh, later, Frieder enters a steam-filled door into another machine room, and here he sees a man and machine once more mingling, one man in particular moving the hands of a clock-like device that is not a clock.
0: It's not a clock.
1: It just looks like it.
0: This is a cool little piece of machinery, because yeah. it had a logic to it that it's very visually obvious what's going on.
1: He's moving the little hands of the- There are the three room. hands. Yeah.
0: Very clearly hour hand, minute hand, to the point where I don't have any other words besides hands. Yeah. And around it, there are, like, um, uh, sort of like at a Dave & Buster's, uh, where, and keep a pin in that audience, (laughs) it's like a Dave & Buster's, uh, they have that, like, big thing with the crank, and it goes around, it'll be, like, a thousand tickets, and it's the tiniest spot. But, like, uh, a light bulb would light up, and you had to keep constantly moving the hands Uh, around around. and it's these are life-size it's as big as he's like straddling the this clock face
1: yeah uh but Frieder approaches him and as he gets closer the man collapses do you think
0: we can edit this out do you think the audience got a good visual (laughs) picture of the clock
1: I think he did a good job I think they kind of comprehend the Mm -hmm. idea of the um and they know it's not a clock like, they know it's not a clock, but just mm. in case, you know, I can re enter it and we can be like, by the way, mm. it's not a clock.
0: I'm going to, I'll have a couple, let me do a couple throwaway lines that you uh-huh, can just kind of uh-huh. put anywhere in there or throughout the podcast.
1: Yeah, do a couple takes.
0: Okay. And it wasn't a clock. It wasn't a clock? It was a crock. Lobster. I said crock. <laughs> can I do a second take on that? Sure. I could you laugh in the exact same way so it seems genuine.
1: Of course. Let <clears throat> me, unseen.
0: But it wasn't a clock. It was a clock, lobster.
1: <laughs> Is that good enough to recapture the?
0: How serious you went, like how a hundred to <laughs> zero you went, and how genuine it really did seem, uh, gives me pause about any time you've ever laughed at anything I've ever said.
1: <laughs> I was given an assignment. I intended to. Guess. And you did it again. <laughs>
0: You're like, oh, I got to make the laugh face, but I got, I got my neck sent the back pocket. Uh,
1: but he goes to collect the man who is collapsing and help him out. Freighter is a little bit of an angel of death. A little bit. Every time he shows up, people keep dying. Uh, but this time he's like, no, 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 rest. And the man keeps trying to return to his work, declaring that someone must stay with the machine.
0: Because I think they do show another one. They are approaching 30 when he stays still.
1: They're getting close. Someone's got to work this machine or the temperature meter will go up to as high as 30. At one point, I think for a
0: second, they stopped doing the machine and you cut to the upstairs. Yeah. And there are these like big pipes, uh, chimneys, and like they start gushing uh, smoke. Yeah. And then the freighter uh, picks up the machine. He says, I will work the machine. I forget the exact quote.
1: I interpreted the smoke pipe things as like a work whistle situation. Like that was going ah. and that was like the shift change cue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because they always showed it before they would do the walking shot. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but
0: if it was a shift change.
1: He should have been relieved.
0: He should have been relieved. And freighter is taking someone, someone else's shift.
1: Someone saw a chance to have a day off. They're like, oh.
0: Someone's, <laughs> someone's having an on the razzle. <laughs> For all you Tom Stoppard friends out
1: there. How many things that are not this movie can Brendan reference in one episode? The challenge continues. (laughs) Uh, He tells the... I couldn't tell if this was Frieder telling the worker the story or if this was a title card because there's a different font they use for things that are like narration title cards versus characters saying something. And I think that this is the point where I started to notice that change for the first time and note it. But basically we get a title card that says... In the middle of the city was an old house, and we see said old house. It's very
0: old. <laughs> it's made of mud. <laughs> I
1: can't... It looks remarkably... I wrote down the word organic, but that's not the right word to describe it. It looks man-made in the way that like ancient structures look man-made, compared to all of these models around it that are clearly supposed to be... like It's close to, supposed to be contrasting everything around it. It just looks a little bit like it is a dollhouse. It's some
0: three little pigs-ass <laughs> <laughs> architecture. It's like... If those... We're about to meet a character
1: yes, who's... Incredible.
0: I can't keep it together if I don't pronounce his name in the German of Rotwang?
1: I intend to say His Rat. name is
0: Rotwang. I intend
1: to say Rotwang every time. <laughs> so keep it together.
0: But it's, uh, it feels like Rotwang has uh, some... Of, sorry, Rotwang. Thank you. Of course. Um, it feels like he does those videos that you, everybody watches at like two of the... <laughs> just like... Uh, prehistoric construction. We're making a <laughs> pool. Why is there always a pool in Speaking those videos? Speaking of my dad
1: again, he does watch uh, like a monthly update uh, sailing ship building vlog of these guys making a tall ship from scratch using ancient methods.
0: And I watch a monthly update of a guy who's recreating the Simpsons hit Man and of run. Man
1: age. <laughs> I'm
0: not as old as your father.
1: <laughs> Every age bracket is their own thing. <laughs> Uh, but we do meet Rot Wang and uh, I thought an assistant, but I think maybe just John is coming to visit him, because the timing of this part is where the movie started to lose me a little bit with some of the cross-cutting. Frieder continues to work as uh, he slowly gains the clothes of a worker, the hat and the boiler mm-hmm. suit and the whatnot. Um, and just then, Rotwang, back in his house, declares that his work... Rot
0: Wang, please.
1: Declares his work is at last Ready. I have created a machine in the image of a man that I, never tires or makes a mistake.
0: And I wrote, Rotwang created the Lego
1: minifigure. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both right. <laughs> uh, Rotwang prepares to show John his creation and says, Now we have no further use for living workers. And I was like, oh my god, they're going to do like the machine replacing the worker thing? That's like a very forward-looking kind of sci-fi for the time the 1920s industrial revolution like this is very looking beyond just additional working machines and then um they'll just replace one person is the thing because they only do have the one robot
0: they only have the one robot ballpark yeah how heavy do you think that robot suit is
1: you know how like whenever you see in a movie someone wearing like plate mail and stuff for medieval stuff. But it's It's like like aluminum. It's like aluminum. This This is not aluminum. (laughs) This weighs as much as an old suit of armor would. I also
0: have to add the proportions of... This is a woman. This has tits. This is a woman. She has tits. (laughs) Not only does she have tits, she... You know how... How to say? You know how um, you can tell... A lot about a director (laughs) by what he puts in a movie.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Fritz Lang was a leg man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very prominent hips on this robot.
0: Huge.
1: It's cool. They go like past her
0: belly button, like the the the, what would be bones jutting out.
1: I think the only thing that saves this for me is that you don't see the equivalent of like a male robot. Like it is just like this is just robot to this movie. (laughs) because otherwise you would run into the like animated movies about like backyard animals where the skunk is just a skunk and then the lady skunk has like skunk boobs we don't want that
0: tits <laughs> <laughs> we gotta say Rotwag every time we're gonna say tits every time
1: this this robot is cooler than that but it is still clearly the shape of a woman <laughs> Um, But Rod Wang is a full mad scientist, and he's got, like, a full lab, very Frankenstein.
0: And he's got a robot arm and... he's got a robot hand himself. He's got a robot
1: hand. Love a movie where a guy has one hand that is not a normal hand. Um, He pulled back a curtain to reveal the metal creation sitting on the chair. (laughs) This... uh, this is... I wrote my... my, this metal man has boobs, right? I'm not crazy. (laughs) Very presumptuous of you. Well... That's on me. I gotta challenge my assumptions. Uh, As they watch, the robot moves, slowly coming to life and rising from its seat. And again, incredibly heavy suit in all likelihood, but very cool robot moving from Mm. the actor in that suit. Uh, Very slow, methodical, like a little organic looking, a little fluid, but still clearly the way that a machine might think through. Raise arm, move leg, go forward. It's a very sequential kind of movement. The robot extends a hand to John, who backs away, a little afraid, when Rotwang interjects, isn't it worth the loss of a hand to have created the workers of the future, the machine men? And again, we don't learn anything about how Rotwang actually lost the hand other than to create the robot of the future.
0: He could have sat on it weird.
1: Yeah, it could be like a tennis injury. (laughs) Uh, Rotwang declares, give me another 24 hours and I'll bring you a machine which no one will be able to tell from a human being.
0: It took him how long and his... Right hand to make 3PO. It's very 3PO looking. Yeah. And then he can make it look like a human being. He's got his little
1: process that we'll see later. He's got a little (laughs) system worked out. John considers before deciding to change the topic entirely. And he uh, turns to Rotwang, who he goes to when all of his experts fail. And shows him the plans that he had been found in the pockets of the workers. And asks, uh, you know, for months now we've been finding these plans in the workers' clothing. What do they mean? What What's the interpretation here? Uh, and they get to ponder in those plans as we go back to Frieder for a bit. Frieder continues to wipe his sweat and work hard at the machine. He is like, this is, oof, wow, labor. Um, and in the process finds a scrap of paper on the ground by his feet. It's one of the plans.
0: I think it fell out of his pocket, didn't it?
1: Maybe. This sequence again. (laughs) He's doing a lot of throwing himself all over the clock face Mm. machine. Very clock face shaped.
0: I do gotta say, he's neglecting the third arm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that one moves. Because is that ever in a different place in any shot? Maybe. I wonder if that's just like structural. Design wise. (laughs) It's a load bearing (laughs) second (laughs) hand. Not in the world of the movie, but in the world of the set. Mm. I wonder if maybe that one is just like It's painted on. Yeah. Another worker watches as he starts reading the scrap while still moving the machine and his uh, miscellaneous buddy stops by to tell uh, him that at two, at the end of the shift, she has called another meeting. Frieder at the machine continues working. Rotwang, meanwhile, deciphers the plans as John watches the clock and as the clock ticks away... Freder at the machine keeps ticking away at work as well, seeing the temperature rising slowly, and you think, "Is it gonna blow up again?" But then it does, it does not it doesn't blow up these yeah. time.
0: Somebody takes it's about to. He he kind of he passes out just at the end of his shift.
1: Yeah, and then the next shift takes over. And they
0: do an overlay of that's kind of their big coup de grace moment. <laughs> they do an overlay of the clock with the. Uh, <laughs> for a second, I did think, "Oh, is he in charge of clock? Like, is he on the other side of clock?"
1: Yeah. Right. Is he just timekeeping for the whole of Metropolis right now?
0: Why can every single machine, every Uh single little bit of the machine, if it, well, we're all essential. Maybe that's what it's saying. But that everything will like full meltdown if you're not doing everything 100% the whole time.
1: Yeah. It seems like it's a poorly designed system of machines.
0: Well, the system seems poorly designed also.
1: That too. Uh, Frieder laments that he did not know that 10 hours can be such torture. Then the steam whistle goes off, the shift is over. Woot 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 There's no sound, but like woot woot would be the sound, right? <laughs> it's very like Flintstone's work whistly in my mind, even though, you know mm. Future versus past. Frieder stumbles off the machine as his replacement takes over and walks away with the other workers, joining the, the crowd heading down to the underground. Uh, just then Rotwang deciphers the plans. These are the plans of the ancient catacombs, far below the lowest levels of the workers' city. In said catacombs, the workers are a walkin'. Uh, this result it, this this revelation causes John great disquiet and wondering what is down there that interests the workers, and Rotwang directs him to follow him, and they head downstairs through I assume several trapdoors. They right like <laughs>
0: Rod Wang is on, like, ground level. He's, yeah. he's, he's on, like, the floor of...
1: Metropolis. Up, upstairs.
0: Yeah. A lot of people, it's like, these things go 100 stories up, and there's highways cutting yeah. through all the buildings. He's on ground level. You have to take an elevator all the way down to... Uh, the worker's city. Because there's the worker's city, which is very high, which uh-huh. has skyscrapers itself, and then yes. below that, I believe, is it's the workroom. Where's the workroom, then? I, is think it...
1: I think it's high-rises. Upstairs? Hi- upstairs. Machines, work roomy area, worker city. Worker city. Catacombs.
0: Catacombs. It's he just he just has a series of basements.
1: <laughs> Crazy basements.
0: And what's in the catacombs for uh And what's in the catacombs, folks? It's church. <laughs> you gotta go to church. Uh, boy, it's church and church is <laughs> long in the movie.
1: Church is so long in the movie. Uh, Frieder, John, Rotwang, all with their respective compatriots are descending into the catacombs from their various uh, points of entry the workers file into a meeting room dazed where Frieder, also dazed, spots her the woman from the beginning, Maria (gasps) she now sits on a stage just surrounded by crosses like the iron throne of crosses hey, copyright Leonard Bernstein (laughs) Uh, Frieder instinctively takes off his hat in respect and falls to his knees at the wonder, holy splendor of this woman. Um, There's like
0: 10 crosses on the altar.
1: But none of them are at the same angle as each other. So they Mm. do sort of have this like cage effect almost. Mm. It's kind of neat. John and Rotwang, meanwhile, are spying on this meeting through a hole in the wall. (laughs) The woman raises her arms and declares that today I will tell you the story of the Tower of Babel. And then she does exactly that we see a acted recreation Alan's it, it gets
0: fuzzy <laughs> it's she says i'm going to tell you this and it seems to cut to like a
1: different guy a, like a troop of actors it,
0: it's it feels like a, a morality play like that would be taking like it feels like just to the left or right of her yeah and like there's a man who announces i don't know if you i don't know how much of this you have written
1: I pretty much wrote all that down cuz I wasn't 100% sure if it was the Tower of Babel story or if I just had the wrong story stuck in my head. It
0: feels like not is the thing. Yeah, right? This is not how I remember the Tower of Babel going it actually. I have
1: the focus of the Tower of Babel story that I remember being the important. Focus. It
0: feels like it forgets the whole thing. <laughs> it's an interesting yeah. like well you have to consider it. It's like Mr. Burns. <laughs> Fans of Anne Washburn's Mr. Burns is like, you have to understand that this is the story, this is the version of the story passed down from, like, in the underground. Uh-huh. So maybe they wouldn't have the end. Of, spoiler alert for the Tower of Babel. God was angry, right? And he, was, and like, he like flicked it over, and that's why we have different languages. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everybody remembers how I said church, the word church earlier. <laughs> I was exactly paying attention. But in this version, it goes differently.
1: Yes. Uh, so we... Watch and have various title cards that tell us that they, uh, some Eurodite folks decide let us build a tower that will touch the skies and on it we will, we will inscribe great is the world and its creator and great is man. And we see an image of the tower as the actors sit around it, and then and it's little. It's little. It's, it's like little. them size. It's, it's th- like a Star Wars like hologram in front mm-hmm. of them.
0: It's trying to do like a it's like a perspective thing, but it also doesn't look like like let's build this tower and like that's all they have is like six feet and they're all just thinking around it like. We gotta we gotta really pull it together if <laughs> we want this thing to we reach God. Need
1: more manpower. Uh those who had conceived of the idea could not build it themselves, they hired thousands of others to build it for them, and then we see thousands of workers. We
0: cut to thousands of workers. Are they in the church in reality? Because no, cause then like you see them like constrict it, no. c- it kind of All bridges of this between I have flashback. To is,
1: like, flashbacky abstract presentational format, because I'm like, none of this is Canon to the movie necessarily. No. It's the story that she's telling, and we're just seeing it. And of
0: visualized. course, it was ancient times. Everyone was bald.
1: Everyone's <laughs> bald. It's just easier that way. You can use all the same extras if you have hair and all the other scenes, mm-hmm. and you just bald in all the other ones.
0: But this is one of those scenes I was talking about, whether you kind of use that kaleidoscope or like cutting out yeah. the sort of round. Because there's a shot, it's one of the best in the movie, and I would say of the decade. <laughs> But you get these like four streams of like thousands and thousands of workers. And then uh, in the center, this sort of cut out round. Um, if you look at the edges, it's sort of uh, phased in of them coming towards the screen. So you get the idea of like them cresting a hill and it looks phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's one of the better effects I've seen pulled off in a movie.
1: Really gorgeous visual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We then get to, a lot of this is narration as much as a silent movie can be narrated uh but these toilers knew nothing of the dreams of those who planned the tower and while those who had conceived the tower did not concern themselves with the workers who built it so the hand and mind are not talking we get more shots of workers hard at work to build the tower talk
0: to the mind because the hand don't care
1: <laughs> the hymns of praise of the few became the curses of the many and then just a big title card that just says babble in all caps
0: <laughs> As if we forgot.
1: As if it was a dictionary definition.
0: Was the thing you said before in quotes?
1: The hymns of the praise. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a line? Yeah. Oh, okay. I noted it. I took I took some notes on this movie. I know, but it
0: also sounded you got great vocabulary, you write things all neat. And I was like,
1: did <laughs> that she wrote that out? I was not involved in the localization of the movie <laughs> Metropolis. I was not alive in nineteen twenty seven, believe it or not. What localizations
0: were you involved in? Huh?
1: <laughs> huh? I brought movie structure to the world.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, the workers in the tower scream and charge at the tower's creators, and the tower eventually lies in ruin. This is all shown very quickly, and she finishes her story, imparting the moral: between the brain that plans and the hands that build, there must be a mediator. It is the heart that must bring about an understanding between them. Again, the moral of the movie from the beginning, but now we've swapped muscle for hand. We're in. We're in it now. We're in the hand section of the movie.
0: Every movie has the inciting incident. Uh-huh. The muscle. Uh-huh. The hand. Uh-huh. The brains. Yep. Uh, the honeypot. Yep. <laughs> the getaway driver.
1: This is standard hero's journey stuff. The
0: movie goes to the movie house.
1: Uh, and a messiah. Yeah.
0: Guess who's going to be the messiah, folks? You
1: get one guess, and it's me. Paul
0: Atreides. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Frieder is uh, deeply affected by all of this, as are all the workers who bow to her. And one of them asks, but where's our mediator, Maria? Where is he? Huh? 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 <laughs> looks to Frieda in the crowd before looking to the heavens and telling the men to be patient. He will surely come. Very ethereal. I'm like, he's right there. <laughs> we haven't met that many other guys yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've met a lot of guys.
1: But like named guys. Guys who got a name title card, like maybe
0: two. Some of the guys we've met have names and they didn't say they didn't name them.
1: <laughs> Probably on the Asylum. The workers declare that they will wait, but not for long, and seeing this, John steps back and hands in his pockets, tells Rotwang to make his robot in the likeness of Maria, and his plan is to have Rotwang hide the actual Maria in his house and then send the robot down to the workers disguised to sow discord among them and destroy their confidence in Maria.
0: This is also, um, it feels, uh, maybe again, it's a cut thing, because there's also a version, the more recent versions have uh, 25 minutes of lost footage that this version that we watched did not have. Later, that's not his plan. He's doing something else (laughs) entirely He Later just, they say, "Oh, he wanted to he wanted them to rise up so that he could use violence against them."
1: Yeah.
0: Also, it feels like we'll get around to it.
1: It feels like he doesn't have a plan, really.
0: It feels like he doesn't have a plan. We'll, we'll get to it, but the thing I said he wanted to do doesn't happen and the thing you said he wanted to do <laughs> also does not happen.
1: He just ends up having a, a very life-changing incident. John heads back up the they tunnels. They
0: call that the honeypot in script I believe.
1: <laughs> yes, right up before Bubby to the Bubby House. Rodwing tells him to leave me here, and John hesitantly heads back up the tunnels. We get dramatic music, which was current to the Pluto TV version and maybe not the action music <laughs> of the movie. Uh, Rodwing watches through the hole in the wall as Maria paces the stage. Frieder reaches out to her in worship, and she smiles at him and goes closer to lay a hand on his cheek. And then they smooch a little, and then she helps him to his feet. They've just met, right? The most
0: tight lipped 1920s pre code smooch you've ever seen in your life. And again, he's got little tiny lips, this Freeder.
1: <laughs> little lip Freeder, they called him. Little lip. Little lip.
0: Big hips. Can't lose. <laughs>
1: um.
0: <laughs> they said this about another messiah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Maria tells him that they'll meet tomorrow in the cathedral and they separate as she stands in the moment and Frieder exits to to do other things. Rotwang, uh, is in the shadows, ready to nab her. Uh, Rotwang uses a rock to draw her attention, which mostly seems to make her think.
0: He's in the hole, like, ten feet from her, and he, like crumples a stone and throws it on the ground and then hides in the shadows and you're like yeah. oh she's gonna investigate and he's gonna nab
1: yeah but then the sequence goes on for like 10 more minutes
0: every scene in this movie is so long <laughs> this movie could be like an hour a tight hour 20
1: uh yeah basically she's gonna stumble around in the dark doing a lot of very frightened faces throwing herself into a lot of rocky walls we'll see some skulls we'll see some bones and then at the very very end of it there's catacombs rat will nab her uh, eventually, after she's caught, uh, Frieder is waiting in the cathedral for her, and she, of course, does not show because she has been uh, kidnapped. The booby has been taken to the booby house, as it were. <laughs> in the... Frieder is another one of his many visions, where he's looking at some statues of the seven deadly sins. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of the canon. Of all the films that this audience has known that I've watched. Yes. At the end of Cats, <laughs> they do kidnap. <laughs> uh, I want to say Damocles, but that's not her name. Uh, Deuteronomy. Yes. Booby is taken to the booby
1: house. Is there an instance in Annette where you would say the booby is in the booby house?
0: Um,
1: I mean, arguably. Uh, when he's in jail. The I end, was about to say he
0: gets nabbed. <laughs> Adam
1: Driver is the booby in the booby.
0: And Annette does go to visit, <laughs> and she's st- and the puppet Annette stays there. And then at the end, in the post-credit sequence, they all do kind of, there's a slow, proce- proce- uh, there's a slow procession of boobies.
1: Maybe we're on to something. Maybe we make our own story wheel.
0: Maybe Annette is a smart person. <laughs> smart person
1: movie. Uh Yeah, is having another one of his many visions in the cathedral while looking at these statues of the seven deadly sins, one of which seems to just be the Grim Reaper. which like... That's
0: like the deadly part, right?
1: <laughs> That's not one of the sins, though. It's
0: not a sin to be dead.
1: You have sins when you're dead, I guess, but like, it's not, the death is not a seven deadly sin. So I was, I didn't count the statues because at this point I was like, I would just watched a woman get chased around for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and I would like to see literally anything else. Um, but
0: that this movie leaves you wanting more. (laughs) (laughs) You want more from the movie.
1: (laughs) That is a way to put it. Walking away, Frida realizes he's been stood up after seeing the uh, seven deadly sin statues and kind of threw a little, ugh moment to himself. Uh, meanwhile, Maria is a prisoner in Rotwang's house. She continues the chase sequence from before by trying to keep distance between her and Rotwang, who just wants her to come over so he can, quote, make the robot the look, look, look like, like you. you.
0: Yeah, I wrote that down as well.
1: Like, that's the most threatening thing you could say to me if you have kidnapped me and taken me to If house. it was
0: 1927 and you don't know what a robot is.
1: <laughs> like, okay, definitely not.
0: Uh, Rotwang not too good at the small talk.
1: No, very bad social skills. He's not a great
0: captor.
1: He's very direct. I give him that. He's always, he's pretty straight up about what he's doing. It's just...
0: He's no The Collector.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) After some back and forth, Maria cries for help, and these cries meet the ears of the conveniently passing by on the street Freeder.
0: I do have to say, for like three frames in the middle of uh, Maria's struggling with Rotwang a little red squiggle pops up in the (laughs) middle of, and it's red like I don't mean oh it's like maybe there's like a marker on the frame or like yeah like it's stained or like the the film didn't hold up it's red somehow (laughs) and I will be pointing out the other times this happens and it's not always red and it's not always in the same place
1: huh
0: yeah yeah, but
1: Maria's cries meet the ears of the passing Frieder, who shouts back to her, unable to find the source initially. He begins trying to break into Rotwang's house to save her, eventually breaking on the door. And again, as I mentioned before, Frieder is great at throwing himself into doors, and he gets ample opportunity to do so.
0: He is knocking on the door like... Uh, <laughs> I I think it might be struck work. I think it might not be. Like Oscar Isaac in The First Noelle. Like, full, like... Uh, elbows against the door, like uh, Quasimodo, like yelling for sanctuary. Is it so funny in the Hunchback of Notre Dame? Like I can just imagine the egg on uh, Frollo's face. When he, I'm talking about the stage adaptation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not a work. <laughs> but that of all the things that he could have taught this uh, th- this man Quasimodo trapped, uh, he-, he he controlled his entire world. That when he is uh, you know harboring Esmeralda. Uh, while well, the streets of Paris burn, that he did uh, uh, inadvertently teach him the word base. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That he kind of did the no-tag backs of church uh. doctrine. But uh, 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 Freighter, he's he's slamming on it. He knocks it down. And after that, he's so sullen, he's like a little boy <laughs> who just realized he like knocked over the Christmas tree or something. <laughs>
1: And he will continue to run through the house and slam into many other doors. And these doors are closing and opening by themselves. Um, Eventually, there's only one door he can go through. It's the door to the basement. And he enters tentatively. He becomes
0: very distrustful of doors.
1: Yes. And then, of course, the door does slam behind him. He puts Um, a
0: log in it that's there.
1: It's a stick. I noted this. He puts a stick in between the door. It's not a thick log. This is like...
0: It's like walking stick.
1: Tinder at best. now trapped inside of the basement. He, uh is just sort of like throwing himself against the door to no avail and he spots a scrap from Maria's outfit and he shouts to her Maria! Maria meanwhile is hooked up to some electrodes connected to the robot.
0: She looks so at peace.
1: <laughs> she looks already dead.
0: She... I, no, not, I, not even. Like, she looks like cucumbers over the eyes. Like, her mouth is just like a little open. She's like, ugh, oh, this day I just needed to lie down. This is
1: my easiest day on set. Otherwise I have to run around with that, like... Throw myself around buildings. Today I get to just lay here. Everyone else has to do all the dramatic acting. She has
0: some tough days coming up on set, Maria.
1: Rotwang fires up his machine and sparks fly and bottles bubble. And this is like classic mad science. What are
0: those bottles doing?
1: It's a cool act. It's a a mad science lab. He's doing mad science. They're getting funky with it.
0: He's doing science in a mad fashion or he's doing mad science.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's a little grumpy the whole time.
0: Or I mean, like, oh, he's doing mad science, man. (laughs) Test tubes and shit, electrodes.
1: He's doing like Mad Magazine's idea of science.
0: He's doing it's a mad, 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 (laughs) mad science.
1: Uh, But he makes the robot look like Maria. This is what the scene does. But it's it's a very long. I like the like science effects. I think Mm. it's very cool. Oh yeah, Yeah. there's
0: like uh, there's like lightning going off. There these sort of like halos that surround the robot. And it's during this, I would say that's probably, we're creeping up on the, I don't use this word lightly, because I, I don't like to, uh, but the most iconic shot of the film oh, in yeah. just a moment. Um, and while these hula hoops were going over <laughs> the robot, cut to commercial. It's one of those, this is the way Pluto TV will have it, is they'll start a commercial uh-huh. and then they'll make that picture in picture, yes. two sides, and they'll go, this is what I saw. I'm, I'm, real. Re- we're going up for it. Yeah. Uh, she's about to, the robot's about to look like Maria. I know this uh-huh. is coming. I've seen this in every, these are good shots in film history, uh, yes. montage of all time. And they cut to an interview. This is a very different kind of interview than I've seen. It's a man going, you're a billionaire.
1: Yes.
0: No, it's like, he goes, you, you know what I love about you, Steve? You let everybody eat off your plate. You're not a millionaire. We're talking about like billionaire and it cuts and then it cuts to a picture in picture. And I think a sports game is on a sports match is on
1: as is right. The right
0: side of the of the image. And on the left half, we go to a two shot. And I realize he's saying all this praise to the most serious looking Steve Harvey ever (laughs) (laughs) seen. It's like, "Hmm, yes, like this is his uh, Frost Nixon. (laughs) And then before we can cut back to Steve Harvey, cut to David Buster's commercial.
1: <laughs> so the clock imagery was very prescient. Mm-hmm. Uh, my notes for this section say science, 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 tragic, tragic, tragic. And then that robot is now Maria. I think that sums it up pretty well.
0: You took good notes. <laughs> uh, there's so many, there's been like minutes on end where I, I've almost felt guilty because like I I chose the movie... And you kind of got to carry uh, the podcast a little bit. Like, got to go through the notes. I took these very in-depth. And, like, the the whole conversation earlier about, like, you know, uh, John finding out Freighter was in um, the... Oh <laughs> it broke my heart, <laughs> <laughs> Finding out <laughs> that Freighter was in the machine room and then he has the whole conversation with him. Uh, this all was boring to me. And I couldn't make anything fun of it. So I didn't take any notes. I didn't want to talk about it because it was boring.
1: It starts to pick up from this point. This is mm-hmm. where you start to get into. Like, I think it's a good movie. The metropolis of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, the robot opens his eyes. It's Maria and the original Maria. At this point, I thought she was dead. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. She does mm-hmm. like a little roll over head thing, as my one might do when they die in one of <laughs> these movies. But no, no, no. She's alive. Don't worry. Freighter in the basement, meanwhile, is sad until the door just swings open of its own accord and he cautiously heads through and up to the lab where he searches for Maria. Uh, He finds Rotwang, who tells him that she's with his father, and Maria Bot is indeed with John. Maria
0: Bot's a good way to do it. (laughs)
1: Uh, He declares the copy perfect and then sends Maria Bot to go down to the workers and undo the real Maria's teachings to stir them up with criminal acts.
0: And then... There's a close-up shot of Maria Bot. Robo Maria. Of Robo Maria. You said Maria Bot. (laughs) She does a wink. It's so, like, it's a doll. Like, fully, like, the one eye doesn't move. And this shuts so slowly, but so fully. I wrote down she got hired for the wink.
1: Yeah. The Maria Bot, like, face. Robo Maria,
0: please. She's also she's got real her, her mascara has run. <laughs> it
1: has. But it like she's very expressive in ways that I can only describe as like devious looking. Like she does a lot of like little hee hee hee
0: She's incredible in the back half of this movie. It's so you good. wouldn't suspect it being the and I feel comfortable saying this because of um because again, you defined our terms, we can say these things. Maria in the first half does a lot of titty acting.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: she she's just constantly touching her chest.
1: Yeah. And this one, she's like hunched over half the time now. It's like like really getting into it. It's
0: interesting. She like, it's like her bones are spasming.
1: It's cool. The robot is not able to control Mm -hmm. its human form, as it were. Mm -hmm.
0: It kind of reminds you of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in a film.
1: Yeah, in a film. In
0: a film. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is famously... (laughs) The most well-performing independent film of all time. We can talk about
1: Oh <laughs> Hell yeah. Maria Bot uh, does her big wink and her big nod, and then Frieder bursts into the room to see Maria Bot and his father together, and Frieder becomes He's deeply disoriented immediately. Touching
0: her shoulders. <laughs> John is touching Maria Bot's shoulders. This sends him into... I put my hand up to uh, accentuate my point, and Sophia acted as if she was going to give me a high five, then gave me a freaking snail. I have
1: more clearly been going for the shoulder. No, no,
0: your hand was up meeting mine. It was like half a foot away. What is it? Yeah, you're doing it again. What's
1: that? I couldn't get around the hand. There was no leverage.
0: I have another shoulder. I wanted
1: to see what Maria felt like. Maria bot. Robo Maria, if you will. I won't. Uh,
0: (laughs) But he's thrown into a fit of jealousy. And what I had written, and I think this is a callback from earlier, is expressionistic acting is great uh, because your dad can be touching your girlfriend's shoulders and you react like you're Dracula at a baptism. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's the only way to describe those hands. He has a cloak that is not there. And then it's a German movie for a couple minutes.
1: Yes. Uh, he, like, lasts 24 hours, play in his mind as he flashes back, and then he sort of, like, half wakes up disoriented in his bed, cared for by a maid and someone who I thought was Joseph, but it's not. Uh, it's just another guy. Um, Frieda reads a note left by his bedside. It's from Rotwang and also was in German.
0: So there's no way we could possibly pick up context.
1: It, it looked like a party invitation, <laughs> I assume, for the party we see in the immediate next shot. One swanky party later, John and Rotwang observe to see whether people believe the robot is a creature of flesh and blood, and they have Maria Bot enter the party in a they dramatic reveal on stage. They have,
0: if you're, and I didn't know what the rest of the scene was going to be. Yeah. If your intent is, let's see if they can, like, if they can tell that she's really, or if they think that she's flesh and bone, putting her in uh, uh, a stained glass cocoon. <laughs> That rises up, and uh, she emerges on a platform from the floor, uh-huh. wearing a shimmering cloak and a metallic headpiece. Uh, and well, and then we get into the the meat of the scene, as it will, is that she begins to striptease. Basically, yeah. And then, the, but that her first move is a swivel of the hips, like she's an industrial mixer <laughs> in like a bakery.
1: <laughs> There's nothing more human than imitating machinery. <laughs>
0: But this is uh, this is also where she gets, where Maria Bot really starts to flail. Yes. These are not, she's not doing the uh, Dance of the Seven Veils. There's some razzmatazz. <laughs> she's giving it the old razzle-dazzle. She's
1: giving it a little sum-sum.
0: She's who'sy and in her whats
1: <laughs>
0: as you might say.
1: As I have said, and will say again.
0: Say it again. Say it again, please. The
1: who's-its and the whats They're whos singing, and whats it <laughs> Is that a good line, Ray? Do I need to do another take on that? Do we need like another version?
0: The who's It's are whatzing.
1: <laughs> the who's It's have entered the. What-
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how north by northwest ends, uh <laughs> uh, and that's a direction or a festival. So, that- <laughs> no, south by southwest. Excuse me.
1: So close. Uh, Frieder wakes up. No, Couldn't be further. Functionally <laughs> <laughs> alert. All of the men are watching Maria dance and they seem pretty darn convinced that she's the real deal. Uh, Frieder just sort of stares in the face horrified. Is his bedroom that he's in attached to the party? Or it looks like
0: it's on the other end behind. of the party. <laughs> or maybe I don't know what the note says. Maybe yeah. it says, like, featuring striptease by Maria.
1: Maybe. Again, it was in German. If anyone, if any of our, I know there's a pretty big subset of German listeners to this podcast. If anyone wants to email me and tell me what the note in Metropolis said, I would really actually really be interested in that.
0: Germany loves podcasts.
1: Shout out to our German listeners.
0: Shout out to my German listeners. <laughs> 40 people listen to my podcast and 10 of them are in Germany.
1: Hell Yeah. Frida is given a drink, which I thought was gonna, like, knock him out or something, but it seems to just be an interlude, and Maria Botts' dance goes on a striking final pose that leaves men scrambling to reach from her as she's on this, like, elevated platform on stage, and they're all, like, swarming around, they like, ah, reaching. A lot of reaching in
0: this movie. I love People reachin'. love reaching. Nice little
1: parallel to the religious fervor that she's able to stir up. hmm Um reader sees this and a vision of the seven deadly sin statues also getting up and moving and dancing.
0: The yeah the <laughs> <laughs> the Grim Reaper he has a scythe very clearly and I thought he was holding the scythe but he just has a sec a separate bone and he kind of shifts it around. I yeah. really thought he was going to start doing a strip tease. If
1: he started to do a strip tease, that would have elevated this movie beyond the pale. Like that would have been the highlight of the movie.
0: But I thought because but... he's
1: got to just be more bones in today,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> but he. Also, Lust is naked. She's already... That's Hins a strip tease, as you kidding. <laughs> the thing... The, the, the who's it to what'sing. The who's it's a what Sing. Um But then he plays the bone like a flute, and I can only assume it does the... You you can't strike a, a melody. <laughs> but it does the... And a bunch <Too> of little orange men were going to come <laughs> down. Uh,
1: just then, the work bell rings, and his vision shifts to one of... Uh, the Grim Reaper approaching him. Rotwang in his house talks to Maria, who is not dead uh, at this point. Uh, he tells her that John Friederson is looking for an excuse to use violence against the workers, which was not his original plan.
0: They're just sitting around. Yeah, because it sounds like, oh, they're going to revolt and then we can like uh, fight them with our secret police. But again, Warmer Republic, so then maybe, <laughs> maybe they had to cut the secret police section. <laughs> <laughs> But they are just like sitting there. It seems like they haven't spoken in hours. And this is the first thing he says to her. She's like,
1: Here's a John Friedemann's
0: looking for an um, exit. Like, it feels like he's trying to break the tension and he's just terrible yeah. at No Stockholm syndrome is Maria experiencing. No.
1: She is instead experiencing great distress. And Rotwang continues to tell her that, uh, you know, you always pleaded for peace. But now the robot in your likeness has been commanded to incite the workers to violence. So, you know, that's like our whole deal explicitly stated out for you. Um, before long, the workers accept the robot as Maria, and Maria Bot preaches, but not for peace.
0: Oh, great sequence! Yeah, she i, I one of the better physical performances on film, I would say. It's really 100%. incredible what she does in the second yeah. half of this film. It's, it's, she, it's angular. It's like it's—it's it's almost mime. How like one to one it is with her point, and also because we get. Uh, in the second half, a very exasperated Maria, and she'll be uh, entering into the mix, back into the mix soon. Uh, but you can very, as much as the movie's trying to fight against it, in any shot you can tell just by her movement, which yeah. is it's Maria bot or actual Maria, she just, Maria Prime.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's taking off the glasses and straightening your stance to go from Clark Kent to Superman, but mm-hmm. going from a robot to um, Maria.
0: Mm-hmm. But they don't do any of that in Metropolis.
1: No. There's just two separate women. Uh, Maria Bot preaches. It's an incredible sequence. She's like, I have preached patience, but your mediator has not come and never will. Go fucking riot, y'all. Um, and everyone's like immediately on board with this. Uh, Frieder, meanwhile, languishes at home until the sudden interruption of Joseph. I wasn't sure if this was him at first.
0: Yeah. Wikipedia said yes.
1: Wikipedia said yes. Uh, and he's thrilled to see him. He tells Frieder that Maria is inciting the workers to revolt and that she has told them to destroy everything. And despite hearing this straight from the horse's mouth, Frieder doesn't believe it and rushes to grab his coat and head on out to see for himself. Maria,
0: why does he take a second to get his coat? Right. Why is it so important he gets? It? I don't remember him wearing. I honestly, by the time he gets downstairs, I don't think he's wearing the coat.
1: No, it seemed, uh, I don't think he's worn it once in this movie. He
0: goes, he opens what seems to be a secret door.
1: Secret door. Secret door in like the middle of a,
0: yeah, painted into the set. It feels like there's like a big portrait on the wall. And then it's darkness. And he kind of goes, you can tell he goes to the right of it. And you're like, oh, well, he's going to pop right out. He flicks the lights. There's an entire other room built.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's covering his bases. Uh, Maria's preaching continues, pulling in the workers. You've waited patiently for too long. The time has come to act. The workers rally behind her. After all, why should you sweat yourself to death for the benefit, to benefit the Lord of Metropolis? And she's like, "Who keeps the machines going? We do. Uh, who's slave the slave to the, the machine? machine? We, we are." Um, Frieder, meanwhile, is making his way underground, helped by Joseph and sees the rally beginning just as uh, let the machine stop she declares and destroy the machine she continues and the riot reaches its fever pitch. I would up.
0: love to see if anybody has a free weekend uh, <laughs> I would love to see this uh, uh, this scene edited with your line <laughs> <laughs> let
1: the as machines, both
0: uh... the crowd just multiplied 50 times <laughs> we do we do we do, we do. Uh,
1: Frieder Reaches the riot as it hits its peak and yells, You are not Maria! And her face is clearly an expression of one who is, I could only describe it as being (laughs) mid-scheme. He pleads with the workers to remember that Maria preaches peace, not violence. But before his point really lands, one of the workers realizes that he's John's son and they all turn on him and try to kill him instead.
0: And they do, uh, Joseph and... uh... Uh, uh, what is the main character's name? Freeder. Freeder do an incredible job keeping off 1,000 men. <laughs> and they're really just like, they're punching at the bottom of the screen like two fists.
1: Like <laughs> No one really like murders each other in this movie except for one very notable exception.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys have no idea what's on the way. <laughs>
1: The workers declare that no one will remain behind. They're going to destroy the machines, and the mob carries Maria Bot out, out to the continued rioting.
0: There is a. They don't murder, but there is a big exception. <laughs> and they even have fun with it. We'll get to it in a minute. They have fun with it with the titles.
1: Yeah. Uh, riot, riot, riot. Yeah, Maria
0: Bot's leaving, leading everybody through um, through the city. Yep. And like they're getting. This is the first time also you see um, female workers yes. in the underground. Yes. Also joining the riots. Also joining the riots. And I think they have a title card, like, no man or woman was left behind. And they all take the elevators up. The elevators, so slow. So slow. Um, this is a very anticlimactic uh, elevator ride for Maria Bot. And I did write Maria Bot in my notes. <laughs> but then they get to the factory, the the machine room The machine floor. room, yep. And um, again, in our version, it was hard to see... Um, Maria Bot, she's kind of like a good, like, she's got like a good, uh, 10 yards in front of everybody leading the charge. And again, in like the complete version of the Kino version, uh, maybe it's clearer. Um, Maria, and I and she's contorting herself. This kind of like Vincent D'Onofrio, not exactly a home in my, I don't know why I'm just going to cut to her. Maria straight up Naruto runs. <laughs> <laughs> leading the
1: charge. <laughs> Inspiration can be drawn from many sources <laughs> and I'll let you audience do the math and decide.
0: <laughs> and um but they're going to destroy every they're going to destroy all the machines
1: yes and maria specifically leads them to the central powerhouse like let's take down the the heart of the operation Mm. as it were
0: and it's not only that because also the movie leads us to believe if even one person once isn't doing their job the whole time the whole thing will blow up yeah none of these people are at their stations
1: one of them so i guess there's just a shift that they're all off Mm. for is it a 30 hour day
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's block scheduling
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Around this time, John gets the news that the riot is happening. He views it on his video phone. He calls the foreman, who tells him the workers are destroying the machines, and asks for instructions. He's like, if they destroy the powerhouse, the worker's city will be flooded. So, the workers in rioting are going to flood their homes. Mm -hmm. Um, John tells him to open the doors, showing no care for the workers of their homes whatsoever, and the foreman... This is where he kind of is like, oh, maybe this is like the one guy, mm-hmm. like the guy of the film.
0: Yeah. Grot kind of, this is a big turn for him. Yeah. Because he used to be a no good fucking step. Yeah, bad.
1: But now he's like standing alone against all of the workers. Like, don't just yell into them, trying to send, knock some sense to them. Like, don't destroy this central power system. You'll flood your own homes.
0: Why? No clue. No clue how that's connected Everything to the water is source. Everything
1: so connected in this city. It's important to have fail-safes and whatnot, but like, Jeezy, Louiezy, what's going on? Language. (laughs) What's your language (laughs) be? Uh, But he's just one man against an entire crowd and is quickly overrun.
0: And he also, for the time being, does a great job (laughs) at fighting up people. So good. There's one point that they do throw a clear dummy. (laughs) Also (laughs) kind of seems like it's coming from above. Yeah. (laughs) That he just kind of flings away.
1: Uh, Maria Bot gets to destroying, looking just oh so suspicious.
0: This is the toughest moment of the movie for their dual Maria's thing. Yeah. Maria Bot flips a switch on the central... Unless, am I skipping a hand? No, go for it. Maria Bot flips a switch on like the central powerhouse. That being seems like the main one. And uh-huh. it's off in the side in the corner. And then she... Dips. She dips. She <laughs> goes through a side door. And then there's a title card that says, Maria has finally escaped. Yes. And you cut to Maria alone at an elevator bay. And it's established a moment ago, there are many elevators. And she's going down. Yes. And you're like, oh, what's Maria Bot doing? No. Maria Bot has fucked off to who knows where. <laughs> Maria Prime has somehow escaped the Rottwein yeah. house, the mud pit, as it were, and uh, is taking the elevator down to the city level. Mm hmm. Doesn't notice any of the machine level stuff. I guess you don't have to hit the machine level.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's just like dipping down. She's trying to find any of the workers, find anyone. The underground is beginning to flood as she watches like water, like pools up a little bit. And then a geyser just fucking busts up.
0: And it also, it's very dark. It makes me very nervous for, well, a lot of what's about to happen makes me incredibly nervous for the production itself. Uh, Because we see a title card. Again, I think that. I think it also. It just says again, no men and women were left behind. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They did, in fact, though, leave behind all of their children.
1: Everyone's kid is down there. All the kids.
0: All the Dickensian. (laughs) (laughs) In their rags. They didn't think for a second. Also, Grot, he doesn't, you know tension and story beats and you don't want to give it away but Gratz uh, he says earlier you'll flood your homes and it's only until we see Maria see the children that he goes oh also you'll kill all your children (laughs) But all it, And very importantly, um, as it starts to flood, the elevators yes, also the all elevators fall down their shaft. Which their sh- kicks ass Super cool. <laughs> really great.
1: They're trapped underground. Maria's, like, banging the gong in the center of the town square. Mm-hmm. She's f- gathering all the kids to her as uh, everyone remaining underground. They love the this children. gong shot. <laughs> love this gong shot. I could not figure out what it was when I first saw it. Because it's very close up on, like, the mm-hmm. actual, like...
0: And is it, so there's this sort of platform in the middle of the, in the town square. Yeah. And then there's the gong and there's these two levers. Do the levers control
1: the gong? I think so. Okay. I imagine it's on the same time frame, the 10 hour shift. Like it might just be like, mm-hmm. kind of like the whistle, but for below ground.
0: Okay. Cause I thought. Uh, I to guess. Then if I've, cause she's struggling with it at one point. Yeah. Cause I thought they did something else, but then, um, Uh, we'll continue on Uh, but the children are kind of all descending upon her and there are hundreds of child actors and the water is getting up to their waist (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, Frieder and his man Joseph are also underground and they're also searching and the alarm continues to sound as the people underground reach for the real Maria who is reunited in this moment with Frieder they embrace. He declares her the real Maria, and uh, Joseph, who is much more on the situation than Frieder seems to be, is like, uh, "We can all go to the air shift shaft and like get out of here." There are stairs. Know? There are stairs. There are we stairs.
0: I also I I've made another note about um, uh, the score during the this is I this is one of the more striking images in the uh, in the movie. Strike, I didn't go to yeah. film school. <laughs> um, but like all these now children, because uh. uh the first time we see the hands it's everyone laying in laying on uh, Maria Bot in lust yes and then uh, we see the workers doing that in uh, in uh, the basement of uh, Maria Bot yes. again uh, I guess you could say greed this movie and we said it again earlier this it really does paint the workers in a terrible light
1: yeah
0: because in a second Grot's about to tell them you're flooding you're, you're killing your children
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they don't seem to care for a while <laughs>
1: It takes them a minute to notice.
0: But while uh, all these uh, children are laying their hands on Maria Prime and um, freighter yep, uh, it sounds uh, I wrote that the music sounds like Pippi Longstocking is trouncing about the riverbank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they uh, usher everyone into the air shaft as fast as they can through the rapidly rising water, and in Metropolis above, John watches the city lights keep on shining until they don't know more. They all go out one by one. Uh oh, I... John. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm I very I do apologize. Um, when Maria uh, Prime is alone on the elevator shaft, there's another flash of orange uh, in the middle of the <laughs> screen, and also at one point they um they throw Grot to the ground, and in the corner in the bottom corner there's a splotch of purple.
1: Ooh, interesting. Yeah, mixing it up.
0: John. I'm out of notes, by the way. <laughs> Bring it home.
1: Uh, John is told that all of the destroyed machines are destroyed and faints, and Frieder helps the weak Maria up the stairs of the air shaft. John asks, where is my son? And his man responds, tomorrow thousands will ask in anguish, where is my son? Pretty great line. (laughs) Pretty great line. Pretty solid. John is a broken man.
0: And again, he has no uh, police, no army, no one who he planned to attack.
1: Neither of the plans he indicated Mm. at the beginning seem to have any backing other than they have made robot Maria. And also, I don't
0: know, because exactly, like, he was like, oh, well, people love Maria. So you're gonna go down there as Maria, Uh and you're gonna take all that love and have all of my hordes of workers try to kill me.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the plan. Why?
0: The flooding of the downstairs and the destruction of all the machines in the downstairs, no effect on upstairs. Everything is running status quo.
1: uh maria frieder and co exit to the safety of the above streets maria turns to frieder who tells her to save the children uh i will tell the workers that they their kids are safe and maria's like i'm going to take them to the eternal gardens and looks up to the sky and there's like a beam of light that illuminates her (laughs) face And i'm like is she going to murder the children (laughs) uh but no she's just gonna get them to safety and they are going to exit the movie effectively
0: (laughs) bye-bye kitties
1: adios uh, meanwhile, the workers dance on the ruins of the machines. The foreman tries to break through their line dance. They're like, oh yeah, it's a full line dance. What do you call it? I don't know what the name for it. Is. It's a. It looked like a dance that we do in a lot of Greek Orthodox movies. <laughs> but everyone like links arm and runs in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, the foreman's trying to break through, but he can't get anyone's attention or aid until finally his very powerful whistles attract some attention.
0: Oh yeah, he does like he does the two-finger whistle on the same hand, and then he does it with his both his index fingers yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with two hands. And that is somehow infinitely loud.
1: That just like works for some reason. He tells the workers, where are your children? And then they immediately begin to panic as the entire worker city is underwater. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh shit, what have we done? Uh, and the foreman's like... Well, who told you to destroy the machines, you fools, and thus destroy yourselves. And the workers are all like, now you're our leader. And also, we got to kill the witch. <laughs> the workers swarm and search for Maria, who is dancing on the shoulders of men, telling them, let's go watch the world go into the devil. She is just living her best day sins. Bot. Maria bot, Maria bot. Not actual Maria. <laughs> she is in the Eternal Garden or whatever. It
0: seems like on, because I, I, from what it seems like, from my very cursory research, it seems like a lot of what was cut was, like, seeing the upstairs, and it's very, like, mm. decadence, flapper, 20s, yeah. golden age sort of thing, roaring 20s sort of deal. And they're having a New Year's party upstairs. Fully. <laughs> there are, like, streamers and little fake hats. Everyone's in a little
1: fancy suit. Everyone's
0: in a tuxedo. It was weird to see tuxedos, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's not crazy. When's the last time you seen a tuxedo? Everyone, wherever you are, pause the podcast, close your eyes. Answer that question for yourself and find the closest person to you. Stranger on the bus. I don't
1: know what the last wedding I went to was. It's probably it. But is
0: that the last tuxedo you've seen?
1: I think so. Like, in person?
0: In person. Yeah. And you also, you have to ask the person. And also give them a firm handshake, because, um, buddy system. Maria goes off alone. She destroys, she...
1: Everyone is failing to understand the critical message of the buddy system in this movie. The buddy system. Robo Maria is leading a crowd of lantern-holding elites out into the streets just as the workers rush out of the machine rooms and the two crowds meet each other. The workers...
0: Why is every car in upstairs abandoned? It's like they're...
1: It's not safe to drink and drive.
0: Sure, but like they like screeched. It seems like everyone screeched to the halt in the middle of the road like it's Independence Day.
1: Maybe they all work on the... And I mean machine. the
0: holiday. I mean the holiday.
1: <laughs> Maybe they all work on like the machines somehow. Like, oh, shut down. perhaps. They're like electric. They, they figured yeah. out uh, they really nailed the electric vehicle thing. They're
0: like uh, those like toy car tracks.
1: Yeah. Uh, the workers grab Maria Bot very easily. Uh, Frieder, meanwhile, rushes to find the workers as they begin to build a pyre on which to burn the witch.
0: Real easy they get it going.
1: So easily. They got scrap wood for days in this very metal-based city. Uh, Frieder catches up just then and has to fight his way through the crowd, hindered the whole way by everyone. Uh, he manages to not get killed, but he is significantly delayed by the depth of this crowd. Maria Bot just laughs as they burn her at the stake. She seems to just be enjoying being alive.
0: Maria Bot? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let I'll her work revolution. Got her party in.
1: Having a good time.
0: It's like how, um in a fantasy film I saw at one point, there's a moth. And that moth only lives for a couple hours. And that moth spent its entire life in that movie. <laughs>
1: The crowd pulls Frieda to the front, where he shouts for Maria. Uh, Then, Rotwang, still in this movie, appears, moving up like a friggin' Dracula. Yeah,
0: fully, like, (laughs) arms straight out. Hunched. Out of his mud pit. Like, what did he see? Where's he been? How did Maria escape?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Lost in
0: time. Lost in space and meaning.
1: Gone forever. Uh, He sees his creation going up in flames, and then he spots the real, actual Maria, and he's like don't you dare reveal yourself to that crowd because if the mob sees you, they'll kill me for having tricked them. It's like, how do they know you built the Robot Man? You don't gotta <laughs> tell them that. Uh, he stops. I
0: think I verbally said out loud, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good enough reason.
1: No. Uh, he stops her from re- rushing past him to reveal herself, chasing her into the cathedral. Uh, Robo Maria seems unperturbed by being burned at the stake. <laughs> she is not going to escape from this scenario and will more or less just kind of go up in flames in the background as the attention turns to... Uh, Frieder, who spots the real Maria atop the cathedral being chased by Rotwang, he reaches the top to scuffle with Rotwang and is almost thrown over the edge as his father appears, having found his son in the crowd below to watch this whole scuffle go down.
0: It's so excellent when Frieder runs up the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frieder,
1: there's like a little
0: ladder on top of yeah. the church. There's more church upstairs.
1: They like scuffle on like the flat rooftop mm. and then they. Continue the chase up to the it's pointy, beep, 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 slanted rooftop.
0: It's very Buster Keaton. <laughs>
1: yeah. The whole while this is happening, uh, his father, John, enters the crowd as the crowd demands to know where their children are. But John is just there like head and hands. Uh, and one man tells the crowd, I assume this was Joseph, that John Friederson's son has saved your children. The crowd cheers as John hopes someone will save his son. Just then... Um, SOS. SOS. Save our son. <laughs> about fathers and sons <laughs>
0: this movie is about, about fathers, fathers and, and sons and the buddy system
1: <laughs> uh rotwang and freder duel on an even roomier roof a roofier roof was i think what i meant to write there uh rotwang is roofier
0: roofier from hook because i guess we could say the movies now <laughs>
1: Uh, Rotwang is knocked off of the roof and presumably dies. John finally relaxes. He's been sitting in the like on his knees, hands on the side of his head, uh, just like in shock, unmoving for <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, his son has survived. he can finally relax. Frieder and Maria hug, all oh, they're both safe now. John rushes up to where his son is. Frieder and Maria kiss. The workers all await them outside the cathedral. The foreman and John have a meeting, and this is where the buddy system really comes back into play. Mm. The two men seem to want to connect their two camps, the hand and the mind, but they struggle with this until Maria reminds Frieder about the whole heart-mediating thing, and he steps in to be the heart and mediate by, quite literally, taking his father's hand, taking the foreman's hand, and then just pulling them so that they have to hold (laughs) And then... The end. Hard cut. Like that. The hard. It literally the <laughs> second their hands are interlaced, the end title card, and we are out of the movie.
0: Weird title card. Uh, and then back to what was it called? Cine. spot.
1: Uh, oh my god! I wrote it down at the beginning because I thought the music was so charming. Uh, Cine past.
0: Handshake. The end. Crazy font. Cinepast. past.
1: And that's metropolis that's metropolis at least the free version on <laughs> <laughs> this gets into the like movies made before a certain era uh this kind of gets into lost media and everything with, like. Mm. it was lost for a long time this was lost for a long time like wings one of my all-time favorite movies was lost for a long time like there are a lot of movies in this era that are lost media in themselves and when they become recovered sometimes the versions are different mm. or there is new media that's found with it or new media is restored or it's restored in a way that changes the original product so there's a lot of versions of Metropolis. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the core of it is the same through all.
0: If you go on the Wikipedia page, which I don't have pulled up, but if you were to do that... On um, <laughs> <at> every <laughs> film entry, there's like a running time. And the running time listed for... Um, uh, metropolis is 153 minutes and 116 minutes and 105 to 107 minutes and 128 128 minutes and 118 minutes and 91 minutes and 83 minutes and 104 24 minutes and 148 minutes
1: but this is this is metropolis uh, version we watch Pluto TV ads and all uh, do you have any sort of closing thoughts on the film as a whole do you think that the audience should watch it and if so is there a situation they should watch it in? let's let's bring this on home to our hopefully not flooded undercity as it were Mm. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, 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 (laughs) did you like metropolis what (laughs) (laughs) it's midnight you know (laughs) did you like it i i i i enjoyed it i would prefer to see the restored version but that's two and a half hours long and i uh I connected this with this movie a lot more than I think I would have as a young man because I'm a working stiff, and I was tired from work, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't watch this earlier in the week because I had to work later than I thought it was going to. <laughs> um, so in that way, it it spoke to me. I, you know, it's very it's very well done. It's a, it's a piece of cinema history mm-hmm. that I think is well worth uh, the watch if you're interested in that sort of thing. And if not, I think it's a fun. Um, it's a fun one to like watch the expressionistic performances and it yeah it's got a sort of a weird middle groundy kind of message uh but uh but uh but uh what about you sophia
1: yeah have you seen this movie this one's for the film nerds (laughs) like i enjoyed it on certain there's Mm. a lot of like techniques in it that i could appreciate and i think it's got um a lot of, like there's some visuals that are really incredible, some performances that are really incredible. I would like to hear it with the sound that it is intended to have. But mm-hmm. I do think that if you are not um particularly interested in this era of film history or not a huge sci fi buff, then you might be able to skip this one. Um that said it you know, there's a lot of really astounding things to see here. So it's a very mi- middle of the road decision on it for a very middle of the road on workers' rights movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and uh, Ziggy, do you have any opinions about the movie?
1: Uh, I think she climbed out of the bed a while ago, so she's actually out for the count. Bye, Ziggy. (laughs) Thanks for participating. Thanks
0: so much. I'm also, I'm disappointed in myself, at least for the version we watched. This is the first, I think this is good, unless I can really stretch. And I do have a back pocket option to stretch. But, uh... This I think this is the first one that's shorter than the actual than the movie that it's about.
1: It's getting close.
0: You could kind of... I feel like this would be a one to watch as commentary because it's a silent yeah. movie and the music does not matter. <laughs> and it we is, told you all the lines.
1: It is sort of like, it, you know, I, I think I would have enjoyed this viewing experience more had I not been taking notes on it and not had to try and pay attention to what was happening. Because if you take it as just like a vibe, it is pretty fun to like just sit there and let it happen to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, would you have preferred to have watched men walking out of factory we kind of did in a way this is the spiritual sequel to men leaving factory
1: one of my early notes that i don't think i read was like man old movies really do love machinery doing machine things (laughs) don't because they at least a lot of that's very new for people yeah machinery was new in many ways the industrial revolution had just happened and then also filmmaking was new and it's like well let's film these new fascinating things if people want to see and I think that that's a very cool legacy to see on screen because they got very good at filming machines.
0: Oh, I forget why this, um, but we can talk about, you know, we can reference work. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this question. Oh, it was during the uh, dance sequence, the sort of strip teeth. The way that she was dancing and the outfit that she was wearing made me think. Because recently, Sophia and I um, watched uh, backwards, back to back, Sex in the City 2 and then Sex in the City <laughs> uh maria uh Freider, uh-huh john fraydersen and maria bot <laughs> who is who in sex in the city i don't really remember. i think i feel like maria bot is samantha i feel like yeah. you gotta go with that one maria bot
1: samantha and mm. i think maria um what's the like homebody wifey
0: uh wifey
1: <laughs> as a descriptor.
0: i know i know you mean it in wife <laughs> but who's my wifey who is, it's, uh, there's Samantha, there's Carrie, there's Miranda, and there's... The other one. The other one. What's her name? <laughs> there's Kathleen, Caroline, no, no, Cameron, the one who shits herself in Mexico. Yes.
1: <laughs> anyway, I think that that's Maria. Uh, and then Frieder, Carrie, mm-hmm. John, Miranda. And I feel like that slots pretty well.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Oh, my God, it's going to kill me. We watched both of those movies in an evening. Charlotte? Charlotte? I feel like I want to call my dad. (laughs) You vamp.
1: Well, the next question I had to ask was uh, I was going to thank you for coming on the podcast Mm -hmm. again. It's been a frequent flyer. It's been lovely to have you. Um, And I was going to ask you that, you know, if our guests wanted to hear more from you about sex in the city and other things, I assume where where they could find you, what they should check out.
0: I don't think it was Charlotte. Hold on.
1: Holding <laughs> <sighs> non-copyright Jeopardy music playing here, da 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 da, as it were, thinking Carrie, and thinking.
0: Samantha, I'm Googling. No, it's Charlotte. Why would not it say Charlotte? I don't know about Sex in the City, but <laughs> if you love Supers in the City, you can listen to my improvised uh, superhero podcast. Uh, it's called City of Supers. I host it with my very funny brother, Nick Connors. Um, that is on all major streaming platforms and this would actually this episode is releasing this monday yes yes um this would be a perfect time to hop on uh we release bi-weekly and this wednesday is part one of our two-part uh anniversary episode we've been going for a year now uh very exciting stuff um nothing that you would need to know beforehand uh because we thought about that (laughs) we were like why are we going so deep into the canon if this many people <laughs> this is the podcast uh, but I think uh, if you've liked what you heard so far uh, I think you'd have a good time with it uh, former guest of the show Will Wamser is on yeah. most episodes <laughs> because uh, as you've proven in this moment it's hard to book people for podcasts sometimes <laughs>
1: Well, regardless of why you've come back on the show, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming on the podcast, and uh, be sure to check out City of Supers so wherever find podcasts are sold and/or just downloaded for free, is the way that most apps mm-hmm. seem to work these days. Uh, I'm off to totally not like recharge my secrets or whatever. Don't look too deeply into that one. We'll That's not really you. part of it? I, don't, I had to think of something on the fly. I know.
0: <laughs> You were so engrossed about what's the opening that I was like, well, she must have the closing. She always has the closing. i
1: never have the closing. That's why the closing is always so funny. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Uh, we're off to go you know, party in Metropolis. Oot. It was a clock lobster.
0: That's the second clean take of that.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on October 9th with another thrilling installment, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron for even more exclusive benefits. Be sure to check out the uh, Moviestruck Discord server for conversations with film fans about fun film things and stuff about the podcast. And I'd like to take a moment now at the end of the show to give a special thank you to the patrons who joined us in uh august it's because of you guys and everyone over on patreon that i'm able to keep my currently staring at me cat in the good food and keep the show running so special thank you to ethan stein and avocado oily bird uh thank you to you guys and everyone out ziggy over on the show (laughs) over on the patreon catch you next episode